This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Distributed by Inside HPC. ISC 14 wrap-up. Trends, topics, winners, and losers. It's This Week in HPC. Hey, everybody. Thanks for dialing in to another episode of This Week in HPC. We're here in Leipzig, Germany, where we're wrapping up the ISC 14 conference. I'm Addison Snell. This is Michael Feldman. Michael, you having a good week? I'm having a great week. I'll tell you what. I, I love this conference. This is. A, I was telling people this is a great distillation of, you know, to filter on who who's really important in HPC. You get the vendor community and the user community that really care, and this is the essence of HPC. The leaders are always here. You have great conversations. Yeah, and even more than that, even though it's become a fairly large conference, it's over 2,000 people, it, all, it still seems intimate. There's people you see that you know you can run into and have conversations with, and it, it still feels like a small conference in that sense. And even though you know they keep adding so much to the content, we can't possibly do it all. You know, right. We're trying to meet with everyone we want to meet with. There's great sessions going on, great keynotes, boss panels, student cluster stuff. You know, I, I wish we could get to see it all. Yeah, I mean, I wish it was all plenary sessions, but then it would take a month to do, so we, you, know, we can't do that. But uh, yeah, that's sort of the only downside of, of, of growing. Well, let's do a quick recap. I mean, by the time we get to the end of the show, people always want to ask us what are our big takeaways. We did some of the product news in, in the uh, first podcast, our special podcast from ISC, but let's talk about just some of the overall trends and topics that were going on. And from my perspective, I think one of the biggest conversations, uh, although it wasn't a formal news item, was just the transition with the IBM System X business to Lenovo. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about that. That obviously is affecting a lot of people here. And uh, yeah, it seemed like everybody was talking about that. And you, uh, you hosted a little panel on that, didn't you? I did. I got to moderate the panel on the IBM Lenovo futures in HPC, which was focused on that System X business in transition. I mean, look, IBM's the number one HPC system vendor by revenue. They got a huge position in storage, and now you're taking the majority of their system business and moving it over to Lenovo. That's that's going to have a huge effect in the market. And you know, IBM, I, I think, put on a good panel in terms of bringing up their partners, their end users, who were saying that they were excited about the collaboration going forward. They did it. You know, they a answered my questions. They took audience questions on it. They're at least getting the the topic out there. Yeah, unfortunately, I missed that. Uh, but it, it seemed like that would be a, a draw. And what was the what was the audience reaction like? Was there any hostility going on there? Hostility. You know, hard to say. I you know, I think sure the the audience reaction is mixed. But I think a lot of people come in just because they're mad about it. Yeah. You know, and and I would say it's not like a lot of the conversation around here is hey, we're really happy they're doing this, especially on the end user side, you get a lot of uh, fear and uncertainty around it, which doesn't mean that IBM and Lenovo aren't presenting reasonable answers. I think there's a lot that needs to still be worked out on the software side in terms of what the roadmap's going to be on both companies after they separate. So you find a lot of people who are neutral on it, some people who are inherently negative on it, but I still admired IBM and Lenovo coming out and answering some of those questions. Yeah, I mean, that was semi-brave to begin with, so that, that's good. But yeah, this was a, this definitely was a topic. There's a little, these things always cause a lot of churn in the, 
in the community because of the importance of these things. But uh, you know, we'll see this settle out. It'll play out over the next uh, few months and years. So. It will. I mean, honestly, I think it's inevitable that that you know the the combination of IBM and Lenovo will will take some kind of a hit in the near term because you're yeah. going to lose certain customers over it. And it's not like you're gaining customers immediately because you've done this. You, you can only go one direction in the short term. Right. right. In the long term, I think it's the right thing for both companies. It might just take a, a year or two to really uh, start start moving forward. Yeah, and I think both companies must have factored that in. They realize this is so disruptive that it, it's going to take a while to, to settle out. It happened with the PC and printer business when they sold that off in 2005, and you had people like the U.S. government saying you're not going to sell any PCs to the government accounts now, and that wound up being true in the short term. In the long term, you know, Lenovo came back in, and they're selling plenty of PCs to the government. Now, yep. HPC is different from PC, so we got to see how well that goes. But, uh, you know, it, it's a trend that will play out. I'll mention quickly that, conversely, I haven't heard the same level of conversation around Bull and Atos. I, I don't sure It doesn't seem like there's any kind of concern there. Yeah, that's I think, is going to be a little bit of a smoother transition. You're not really breaking up a company. You're putting them together. So uh, that's usually less disruptive. But we'll see that play out, too. Um, it sounds like, for the time being, at least, Bull sort of be this independent entity. So their customers uh, might have much much less effect than, than the previous uh, thing we're talking about. Well, let's talk about some of the other just topic or trend areas that came up. One that I noticed we're just hearing more and more about seems to be liquid cooling, liquid cooled solutions. Right, especially with the, the new release by HP, the Apollo series. Yeah, that, that came to the fore. But there was also, you know, we saw Cool IT. They were a big sponsor of, of yep. ISC. I uh, thought Cool IT put on a nice, impressive demonstration for being a smaller company yeah. in this space. I'm looking forward to tracking them a little more. Yeah, I think you know we've seen this trend build. We see a lot of uh, a lot of the OEMs, especially the big OEMs, come out with these what warm or hot water liquid yeah. cooling solutions. And at least from the vendor side, they're becoming more popular. They're trying to push these out into the user community. Now, what we don't know yet is how they're being uh, received. We, we don't know how many people are actually adopting the liquid cooling. It's it's still this you know a little bit of controversy. A lot of people don't want water in their data center. So uh, it's the beginning of a trend, but uh, you know, the, the vendor community is definitely pushing it out there. And that's a topic from my closing session with Analyst Crossfire. I'll invite our listeners of This Week in HPC to go check out that video on our website as soon as it's posted. Uh, closing session with Analyst Crossfire from ISC 14. Uh, but yeah, liquid cooling a trend. You know, it hasn't been as much of a trend, and maybe it's a topic because of that, is it, it you know, there's not a big scuttlebutt around top 500. Yeah, because it's been really stagnant lately. I mean, I can think of the last two and maybe even three top 500s has not been a lot of movement at the top of the list. Yeah, it wouldn't be fair to say the whole list has been stagnant. No. The top five has been pretty stable. Right. I mean, the overturn, I think, is a little more volatile. It goes up and down. But one thing I think people are starting to notice... It does not go down. It only goes up. No, as far as the volatility. <laughs> right. It only goes up, right? It's like, what, 274 petaflops aggregate now. It's, it's Yeah, the systems get bigger and bigger, but uh, I don't think it was as volatile this time. We, we ever get to a year where the top 500 goes down in yeah. flops in aggregate, we're going to seriously reevaluate what we're doing here. We're going to have trouble. Yeah, yeah. It's just not as much turnover maybe this time around. But we did see sort of the bottom of the list. We're starting to see that sort of tail off as far as performance. Usually, we'd see like the bottom of the list get, you know, get much higher each time. And we've we've seen that trend kind of level out. 
And uh, I think some people are talking about, and if you look at the list, you can kind of see it, there's, there's more of a uh, disaggregation. The top of the list is very, very performant, whereas the bottom is skewing sort of the other way. It's sort of like the, uh, the analogy to the 1% uh, in, yeah. in the economics. It's Income like, inequality. We got yeah. top 500 inequality. Top this, I made this crack at a supercomputing a little while ago when Occupy Wall Street was so big. I think we're going <laughs> to occupy top 500 yeah, still. There, there you go. That Occupy movement. Where did that go? Are we still occupying? We, yeah, some, some of them are. <laughs> <laughs> One other uh, uh, topic or, of conversation I'm happy to report on that, that I think was a bit of a buzz is people, including me, are happy to welcome T-Platforms back. Yeah, that that was uh, a little bit of a surprise. They put on a nice uh, party there the other night, and they seemed very up and upbeat about it. And they, they announced a new A series while they were here, a new A series platform. Well, that's more important than the fact that they had a party. Although the party was very nice, was yeah. a lot of fun. People are here to see the systems, and yeah. they're 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 back not just you know in spirit, but with real real products. Yeah, they they, they bounced back very quickly. So all of a sudden, it's like they were never gone. So, well, yeah, I don't know if it feels to them like they were never gone, but but I'm certainly glad to have them back. All right, so we're looking at all these trends. It's been a tradition of ours, Michael, that we get to the end of a conference like this and we try to pick winners and losers, right? right. What's a one-up, one-down kind of deal? You want to do winners first or losers first? Let's, let's do winners first. I think that's sort of been the tradition. So I'm going to let you go first. What was what do you think the winner was for this year? For me, I have to go with HP as a winner, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, I like the Apollo launches, as we talked about in our, in our podcast a couple weeks ago, when they brought out Apollo, and not just Apollo, but some of the individual technologies and the forward-looking roadmap underneath this concept of the machine, the memristor technologies, and the photonics. I think there's a lot of conversation around HP and a, and a welcome back to the high end of supercomputing there. Yeah, I think that's a decent pick. I'm, I'm probably less impressed as far as what they announced. I think those are good machines, but you know, some, sometimes they'll, they'll push these things out. Like, I talked about Moonshot a lot at the beginning, and now they're sort of quiet about it. I think I'm, it's still a wait and see for me how these things will be picked up by the, uh, the, the user community. They look like solid machines. I think they've addressed some issues, especially with the, with the 8000 supercomputer, you know, with the... Uh, the disconnect uh, water cooling technology. I think that's very interesting. But I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a real big break from what they've been doing. I think they, they recycled some of the uh, the ProLion parts and, and engineered around that. It's it's a good it's a good solid machine. It looks like, but I'm not sure if it's like this breakaway machine and, and a big turn for them. But well, let let me tell you why I disagree with you here, and and it's because I think we're really seeing strategic um, development for HPC or an intent move toward HPC from, from Hewlett-Packard in a stronger way than we've seen over the last decade. You can argue about the water cooling or the applicability of some of these individual technologies, who's going to want it, who's not going to want it, but the point is that we're debating about HP for the first time in a while, right. and that hasn't happened in this way for me in a while. Now, you're talking about Moonshot. The thing is, when they brought out Moonshot, it was so general from so many different markets, and they couldn't, for me, talk enough about what was going to be good for HPC. Yeah. With this Apollo stuff and the memories or the, the, the photonics, I'm getting what's good for HPC about these. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's true enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I think 
you know, we will see we will see HPC solutions with Moonshot coming up, but um, it, it is nice to see them sort of fill out the portfolio. But I don't think it's been that long since they were sort of more in HPC. I remember when they they installed the Tsubami system or the second Tsubami system, they had a, a design there that was HPC oriented. It just wasn't a, a big announcement. This was sort of they they strategically made this decision for the HPC market. But well, I, that's kind of my point. I mean, of course they've been in HPC all along. They've been among the, the market share leaders in systems. They, you know, they're, they're a strong company. It's just for me to have an HPC-oriented announcement. I To me, this is the most HPC-oriented announcement they've had since Superdome. And it's, a, it's refreshing to make it such an active part of the conversation. Yeah, well, I hope you're right. I hope they get a lot of traction on this. We certainly could use uh, more competition at, at that level. And uh, yeah, they're trying. So this is, this is a good thing. Especially while IBM and Lenovo are, you know, busy yeah. talking about other things right now. Good let's timing. let's have some strength from HP here. All right, so yeah, you pick a winner now. So mine's sort of a future winner, but what we saw there, and this is sort of a trend too, we saw a lot of news around ARM64, and then we saw Applied Micro come out with the ARM64 chip, which I think we mentioned last time, one of the, one of the first 64-bit uh, ARM processors there have applicability in the HPC market, but we also saw a lot of other vendors or a number of other vendors sort of supporting that ecosystem. So you have Mellanox writing ARM drivers to, to work in with the ARM chips. We saw NVIDIA, of course. Uh, they're supporting uh, pieces of it with the GPU add-on. Uh, I think we're seeing sort of the beginning of the beginning now, uh, looking back even to the, the previous announcement at, uh, from AMD, with the beginning of this ARM64 ecosystem. Now it's too early, obviously, to, to forecast what's going to happen, but it's refreshing to see, you know, sort of these commitments uh, come to fruition and people starting to talk about them, too. I think a lot of people were talking about uh, the ARM ecosystem. People are looking at the alternatives that are, that are coming to the market, and this is definitely one of them. Well, let me pick on your winner a little bit then. I, I agree we're really early here. Now, what do we really announced? The 64-bit ARM came out. I, we kind of knew that that was coming, right. right? So here they are at ISC. I'm going to reserve my judgment for you know, how much is the end-user community adopting and testing, which I think they will, and when are we going to get the big system vendors involved, right? Now, NVIDIA was a big part of this announcement. Well, also, also HP. I think HP is especially in their their moonshot variant, they're they're looking at ARM too now. With ah, now you're coming back to my winner, right? And HP hasn't talked about it specifically right. yet, but let's consider the possibility of a moonshot that's ARM 64 plus GPU, yeah, and, and complementing this Apollo line. And now I think you're really talking about an HPC portfolio. Right. Agreed. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of it too. So I think you're going to see. I think Dell has dabbled into ARM 64. They all have sort of these prototypes they're playing around with. So I think. Uh, Although they didn't talk about them much here, I think we're seeing more and more. I like to see. I like the announcements that we saw, sort of following on that. And yeah, you're right. It's, it's a wait and see, but uh, it's the beginning. Going back to the Lenovo talk, I, that part of what I asked them in the panel, since we had Matteo Valero of, of Barcelona Supercomputing Center on there, I want to know: Is Lenovo going to start investing in ARM once they're separate from IBM? You know, this is an x86 system x transaction, but once they're independent, what really stops Lenovo from adding ARM into that portfolio. Well, I'll tell you. Or, or non-IBM software solutions like, say, Luster or, or competition to the platform suite. Exactly. It, it actually doesn't stop anybody. Any vendor out there who's doing x86 today can start doing ARM. I mean, if, these, if, if it gets some traction, it becomes
becomes popular, you know, all of these vendors will play to the community. So, uh, yeah, whether Lenovo, I mean, IBM for that matter, anybody, I mean, Cray, whoever, if it, 10 years down the road, we, we might have a very significant arm presence. But again, you know, too early to tell. Well, yeah, with your winner pick, what you're really announcing here is the start of an interesting conversation that we figured we we're going to have, and, and now it's going to really get going in earnest. Do you want to kick over to the losers category? Yeah, let's, let's look at the losers, uh, a little bit more of a down subject, but uh, I'll let you go first again. So who was your who was your loser this time around? For me, I'm always most disappointed in people who choose not to have a presence. And you know, as I was saying at the top of this podcast, for me, ISC is a distillation of who really considers HPC to be strategically important. And for me, that was nowhere more evident this year than it was in the storage side. If you look at the enterprise-oriented storage vendors, who of course have a lot of the revenue share just because they sell a lot of storage organizationally, NetApp, they had been going to be here, but they pulled out. Uh, Hitachi Data Systems, not here. EMC had a little sign in Grun Data's booth. They, EMC is not really here. In contrast, DDN is a silver-level sponsor. Xyratex is a bronze-level sponsor. Panassus is not a precious metal sponsor, but they've got a big booth. All of these smaller storage companies are HPC-oriented, and they're here supporting, you know, I'm paying at a sponsor level to support the community. I'm really disappointed in the bigger enterprise vendors, NetApp, EMC, HDS. Those are my losers for the conference. Yeah, I think that's a decent pick, but I think what it really points to is those enterprise storage vendors don't see this as, as a critical market for them. And then basically that's what you said, and they look at this and think, hey, we don't have to play there because that's that's the margin of what, or that's the proportion of what we do, but we're not going to spend the money and the effort to go out and, and have a presence there. And, you know, I think if you go find the vertical market people at those companies, they'll all claim, oh, yeah, sure, this well, sure. is important to sure, us. We're going to do that. this. We're, we're going to point to our Isilon or our Blue Arc stuff or what yeah. NetApp is doing in some of the commercial HPC vertical markets. But if you're going to say that, you know, where are you? That's an important thing to me. Now, that goes along with, there wasn't a whole lot, a whole lot of storage news here right. either. Even supercomputing a couple months ago was heavy on the storage news. Not a lot of new storage announcements. Yeah, and, and maybe they thought they couldn't do business here, but part of part of this conference is not just about doing yeah. business. It's, it's being in touch with the community, showing your support, your presence, and, and making yourself felt. Uh, are you a leader here or not? Right. And, and especially with DDN and Xyratex stepping up with those sponsorship packages, you're making a statement that we're leaders in the HPC storage industry. Exactly. Alright, so who, who's on your loser side. So the loser on my side was just somebody that was missing, or, or somebody's. Um, I didn't got a whole category that's missing. Yeah, I didn't see much uh, much about Ethernet. There was, I mean, the only Ethernet vendor here was really Mellanox. Um, well, the their, big news from Mellanox was 100 gigabit Infinibit. Infinibit. Yeah, they, didn't, they didn't talk anything about Ethernet here. So, I mean, we see 40G and even 100G coming coming online soon, but there was nobody here talking about it. I mean, Cisco was not here. Um, I think the only other vendor that we could say was an Ethernet vendor was Finisar, and they sell basically optical uh, cables for the Ethernet market. So, and, and nobody was talking much about Ethernet. Yeah, the Ethernet was completely absent from the conversation. Yeah, I mean, uh, we saw the top 500. Uh, I think uh, InfiniBand extended the lead. They're, they're up on Ethernet again. Um, we're seeing that start to cross over. Maybe they'll catch up. But, yeah, not much not much interest, um, at least at the, at the service of the conference, and the vendors aren't here. So that's my loser. Well, and we continue to see, you know, uh, 
InfiniBand eating away at the share of other types of interconnects. InfiniBand's been growing as a storage interconnect recently. People here, of course, talk about top 500 where InfiniBand is beating out Ethernet. Right. And yeah, so people keep saying Ethernet's going to wipe out InfiniBand. They say this every year, and it seems never to happen. And certainly in this community, uh, it, it doesn't seem to be at all apparent that that's ever going to happen. Well, the big deal is we get to have this good conference and all these conversations. You know, what a nexus of the HPC industry. Now, the other thing we got to say goodbye to here is this is our last trip to Leipzig right. for this conference, at least for a little while. We're off to Frankfurt next year, and, and a couple weeks later, it'll be a a year plus a few weeks before we're at ISC again in Frankfurt. Yeah, it'll be in July, so that'll be a little different. But yeah, looking forward to that. A new city. They've never done that before. And uh, yeah, Leipzig, we had two good years here, and we're off to uh, another venue. You know, Leipzig's a, a beautiful city. Now, it was mercifully a little more cool this yeah. year than the heat wave we had last year, but I think people figured out the, the cool downtown areas, the hotels, the, the places to stay. I think people had a pretty good time here, and doing it all during the World Cup didn't hurt either. Yeah, that was a little bit of extra excitement. And yeah, there are people late in the bar every night watching their favorite teams. It's a hopping little town. It's a young, uh, a lot of young people here. It's 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 actually a very nice place. But uh, you know, there's certain disadvantages, and the IIC committee decided that they want to do it in Frankfurt next year. So that'll be a little bit of diversity. It'll be nice. Well, I'll tell you this now. I'll be there. Uh, IIC is a great event. I'm looking forward to it every year. Me as well. All right, that's going to wrap it up from ISC in Leipzig. And then this has been This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing, distributed by Inside HPC, news without noise for the high-performance computing professional. For more information, visit intersect360.com and insidehpc.com.